This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. Well, we're down to our final show of the season. I talk with KIJHL Commissioner Jeff Dubois about the year that was. Later, Emmanuel Sequera joins me to talk about the five teams that we feel put together turnaround seasons. But first, the sounds of the Cyclone Taylor Cup gold medal game. Great play there by Owen Chamberlain to draw that penalty. And here we go, we're back underway. The shorthanded Grizzlies in the attacking zone. Here's Kessler Fife. Rather four on four. Now it's five on four. Just out of the penalty box. And who would you rather come out except Carter Benson? Benson scores! You called it right down to it. Like, what's going to happen here? Who would you rather have than Carter Benson gets the puck and he scored just like that? That was an incredible burst of speed from Sommer, Isaac Sommer. Here's Regan. Another chance here. And another save from Joe Kachaslo. Here comes Aston. Back the other way. They're in numbers. To the right side, Will McPhee! Will McPhee scores another McGoal here at the Nick Forum. Well, wow. Talk about the special teams coming in clutch. Yeah, two power play goals. Well, Bob, I think it's fair to say the Grizzlies came to play. Back to Aston again. He's got McPhee well open at the blue line. Back to Aston. He's got a man on the far side, finds him. Can he get a shot away? It's yeah. in again. I don't know if it was Coyle or Wittenberg, but either way, three for three. A three power play goals. Face off to the right of Chaslow. The puck is dropped, and it comes back to Woolley. He gets checked up into the boards by Costia. Puck comes back. Miller with a quick shot, finds the back of the net. Oh, power play what goal. What a shot by Miller. So that is a power play goal for the Kimberly Dynamiters and gets them off that big old goose egg. He plays, keeps it in. Aston. That's a shot, sticks there, pad save, rebound. Score! Coyle back of the net. David Coyle. A power play goal with only seven seconds left to go. Incredible tournament full of big moments. And none of the moments are going to be as big as this one. You can hear the roar. Time winding down. The Revelstoke Grizzlies are Cyclone Taylor Cup champions. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the commissioner of the KIJHL, Jeff Dubois. Jeff just coming off Cyclone Taylor Cup. First of all, your impressions of Cyclone hosted by the Revelstoke Grizzlies. Yeah, just a, a really good event. You know, we had high expectations going into Revelstoke, knowing how their fans support the team, support the league. So it really wasn't a surprise in terms of the great hospitality, the great fan support throughout the tournament. But it was just a really great way to to cap the season. Obviously, having two KIJHL teams in the gold medal game was a bit of a bonus, and um, and it was nice to see the home fans go home happy at the end of a great event. You know, Commissioner, uh, through the course of the season, there's high points and low points. For you, would the passing of Morton Johnston uh, be the, the low point? Yeah, and that was one. I mean, you know, it's a, that's how life goes, right? You You're sitting there at you know, five o'clock on a on a Sunday afternoon, getting ready for a game. I know the 
Princeton staff and 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 players are sitting there in Revelstoke, you know, getting ready to to play a game that night, and you get you know terrible news. You know, I had an opportunity to be in Princeton for game two of the league finals with them hosting Kimberly, and then to be at Mort's uh, service the next afternoon in Princeton, and and just seeing the you know the outpouring of love and support from the community for Mort and his family and the posse. I mean, it was, you know, a tragic event and, and you're absolutely right. You know, a low point, you know, in, in terms of the season. And at the same time, you know, it was, you know, it, it felt really good seeing how the community of Princeton rallied around that, supported the team, supported Mort and his family. You know, the, the season didn't have just low points. There was lots and lots of great news of the KIJHL uh, this past season. For you, what were the high points? I, mean, I think you have to start start off just with, with us getting back to a regular, you know, I say a regular season. I mean, a normal season of hockey coming off three years affected to various degrees by COVID-19. You know, we had our our fans back in our buildings for the entire season, traveling around our league during the year and during the playoffs. It was just so great to feel the energy and the atmosphere back in our arenas because that's such a big part of the the experience of playing or coaching or, or being involved with the KIJHL. You know, we saw some teams, uh, Princeton, you know, being a prime example, finishing first in our league in the regular season. You know, that's an example of a team that maybe hasn't had, you know, been at the top of the pack over the years. And it, and it wasn't just the posse, you know, to see the turnaround that we had in Grand Forks, to see a really competitive season with the Golden Rockets, the Sycamus Eagles. There were a bunch of examples around our league of of teams that maybe haven't had that perennial success that had really, really good years this year. And I think that's big, you know, for us coming out of COVID-19, you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And it, there ended up being a lot of parity. You know, it ended up being a very competitive, exciting season. So we're happy for that. And the, and the other aspect I think that was really positive this season was the number of players that have moved up to junior A and moved on to college, but also the affiliations this year. There was so many affiliations. Yeah, there were. Um, you know, I... Our, our players in terms of not just affiliating, but actually getting into junior A games, having an opportunity to, to play in the BCHL, that was great. I thought the prospects game uh, that we held through the BCHC with the PJHL back yeah. in November was incredibly well attended by BCHL clubs. You know, Most of the players on the KIJHL team uh, that participated in that event ended up affiliating a number of them played BCHL games and actually a few of them signed with junior A teams over the remainder of the season. So really good year for us in terms of exposure of our young players. And I think we're going to see even more of the payoff there as guys sign at the junior A level over the course of the summer here. I was really impressed, I, I have to say, with the BCHC and just the professionalism of that organization. Uh, and I saw it, you know, Full display in Chilliwack at the Prospects game. You want to talk about the BCHC and and what we can look forward to in the future? Yeah, I, I mean, this is you know a partnership with the KIJHL and the PJHL that really was just getting off the ground this year. So 
the fact that the prospects game went as well as it did was received as well as it was in the junior a community you know talking to the guys who participated in the event and and seeing what a good time they had that that was exactly what we hoped for it to be in year one and i think that's going to be an event that continues to grow and get better you know as the as we get into next season and beyond uh, the other part of the BCHC that was a little less public facing was the Department of Player Safety. We took some really big strides forward this year in terms of how uh, we manage the supplemental discipline process in our league. Um, you know, the introduction of, of video review, the group that was put together with Jason Rendy as our director of player safety and uh, the individuals that he brought on board to be a part of that department. You know, I, I thought that was something that was much needed, you know, again, year one, some areas where we can get better there. Uh, but I thought that was a big step forward for us as a league. And I'm sure, you know, Trevor would say the same for the PJHL. This is our final episode of Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast this season. Commissioner, anybody you'd like to thank this past season? Because like you say, it, it has been a great season for the KIJHL. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it starts with the fans who were incredibly patient with us through COVID. You know, there were some question marks on our end in terms of how quickly, you know, people would feel comfortable coming back to the rink, you know, being back in a crowd after COVID and totally blew away our expectations. Again, you look at the playoffs and being in rinks like Princeton and Kimberly and Fernie and Revelstoke, just feeling the, the energy and the atmosphere there. You know, that's such a big part of what we do as a league and what makes the experience of playing in the KIJHL different and special is the the level of fan interest and fan support. So that's probably the first group of people that we need to thank, you know, but but right up and down the line in terms of our sponsors, our volunteers, the coaches and team staff and, and players through our 19 organizations that were on the ice this year. I thought we had a, a tremendous season competitively. You know, that's a testament to hundreds of people putting in thousands of hours of work. And um, uh, we're just so glad that we were you know, back on the ice and, and that we had a great year. And how excited are you to have 20 teams back in the, the league next season? Yeah, having the having the Spokane Braves, I, I know no one's more excited than they are. Kind of gotten lost in the, you know, lost in the news here over the last couple of years. But if you look back to the 21-22 season where Spokane had to step away, that was supposed to be their 50th KIJHL season. So this is actually the third year now where they're, preparing for their 50th season certainly everything looks on track uh, for them to uh, to rejoin the league and for the travel from Canada you know to the states and vice versa to to no longer be problematic for us so we're thrilled to have Spokane back I know they're very excited to be back thank you commissioner and and thank you Mark and thanks for a great year with the podcast Jeff Dubois is the commissioner of the KIJHL <laughs> On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the Director of Communications for the KIJHL, Emmanuel Sequera. Emmanuel, let's talk about the Cyclone Taylor Cup, our final episode of Top Shelf this season. Your thoughts on the Cyclone? Mark, it was a really great championship. I really enjoyed it, and I think the big thing for me that made it great was that 
just the way the games played out because they were all important. I mean, compared to the previous year where things kind of became a little bit more solidified, the games on the final day really mattered in deciding who was playing in the gold medal and the bronze medal games. My thoughts on it uh, are, are similar, although I'll go a step further and say, you know, I've been to every Cyclone Taylor Cup since Mission back in 2015. And it was the best Cyclone Taylor Cup I've seen. And I, and I don't just say that because of the incredible action on the ice, because there was. It was some incredible games. It was some weird games, too. The whole atmosphere, just the way Revelstoke circled around as a community around this event. And those fans at the Forum are absolutely nuts. They made the tournament. But also, uh, oh, and I, it's not a tournament. I keep saying that. It's 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 a, uh, the championship. Made the provincial championship what it was. It was just an incredible, incredible event. And uh, then you just top off uh, with uh, all KIJHL final. And for my money... I I just can't think of a better Cyclone Taylor Cup than the one in Revelstoke. Yeah, and I really enjoyed watching Oceanside and Delta, just seeing the the talent that they had on their teams because both teams clearly have some very skilled players on their on their rosters. You know, and let's talk a little bit about that final. Wasn't that something else to have two KIJHL teams in the finals? Oh yeah, no, that was awesome. You know, obviously our league couldn't have asked for a better gold medal game. Yeah, Revelstoke's uh, tournament was 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 really interesting because they only had one loss, and that was to the Oceanside Generals in Game One. I think Revelstoke learned some lessons from that uh, that game too. Uh, you know, uh, in talking with Josh Piercy from the uh, uh, Revelstoke play by play team, uh, Revelstoke tried to play that game that they they love to play in their building. And Oceanside was only too happy <laughs> to to accommodate them. And that really was Revelstoke's only loss on day one. And then Revelstoke just, they did play their own game. And they dominated, I thought, inside their own building. Not, not a domination where you went, oh my gosh, this team is just taking over. But it was just methodical. And they just played that uh, Revelstoke Grizzlies type of game and were so, so successful. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then obviously, like, their defense was strong. I mean, they finished with nine goals given up in the tournament, and goalie Joseph Kuchaslo uh, mm-hmm. was very strong for them and made the saves that obviously that he needed to make. Well, and also, let's talk about the Kimberly Dynamiters, the KIJHL champions. My goodness, they came off that incredible series against the Princeton Posse, and the KIJHL champion was knighted two days, three days before the Cyclone Taylor Cup. So that's not a lot of turnaround. So Kimberly comes into that tournament very, very tired. I thought they acquitted themselves very well. Yeah, no, I thought they played well. Obviously, they they didn't get the result that they wanted. I remember talking to uh, Cam Reed, doing a brief interview with him as he was named the KIJHL's playoff MVP. And uh, as much as he's honored by it, I mean, now I'm sure he'll think about it more Mm -hmm. now that the season's completely done. But he, he was saying like, their focus was on winning the Cyclone Taylor and that they wanted to win it very badly. And they put in a good performance. I mean, resilience is a word that's been used a lot by that team, especially the coach. And we've seen it uh, when they played Oceanside. They beat Oceanside 5-3 on Saturday. That's right, yeah, because against Oceanside, like, they found themselves down 3 to nothing, mm-hmm. got a late goal, and that seemed to fire them up. And they just kind of, they chipped away and pulled out front and got that important win. You know, and you you nailed it too, because in the first half of the Saturday game, Kimberly looked done. 
They, they looked like they were out of it. They looked, they were exhausted. They didn't have any more gas in the tank. And one of the things that you and Josh said uh, was, you know what, when you're running out of gas in the tank, empty it. <laughs> Just empty it. Give everything you got. And they did at five unanswered goals to get themselves into the gold medal game. And it was a good gold medal game. It was an exciting gold medal game. So congratulations to both Kimberly and Revelstoke for an incredible season. Cyclone Taylor Cup champions, the Revelstoke Grizzlies, KIJHL champions, the Kimberly Dynamiters, uh, two great representatives for the league. I, I want to switch gears here uh, with you and just talk about the season and the great turnaround we've seen from about five teams. And there's more turnarounds and there was more success stories, but there's five teams I want to key up on and talk a little bit about. Gafer tries to get the puck to Badger. Badger puts it to the corner. They're going to try out the other side. Harwood had trouble handling the puck. Kozai was able to briefly intercept it. Now Gafer from the top of the slot takes the shot. Harcott makes the stop, puts it to the half wall. Gafer picks up again. One timer by McKinley, score! Looked like it was tipped in front by Badger, and it's 3 2. Let's start off with the North Okanagan Knights, who in the 21 22 season uh, finished 321 hockey, 27 points. They improved to 50 points on the season, 568 hockey, and you know, what an improvement. Uh, one year you're out of the playoffs, and the Next season, you're in the playoffs, and you look very, very good. Your thoughts on the North Okanagan Knights? Yeah, no, they had a really good turnaround, and and kudos to head coach Jim Liam McConey with the work that he did with that group. There's a lot of different areas that helped the team be successful. Probably one of the big ones was the return of KT Walters, who mm-hmm. uh, came back from junior A hockey. He had a big impact on the team, obviously points-wise, but even just the way he led that group. And then Austin Seibel and yeah. Nett, like he yeah. he was tremendous in them in Nett and gave them a strong tandem. He ended up earning the starting job. His play early on also earned him the nod to make the KJHL Prospects team for the BC Hockey Conference top prospects team, the first one that was done. He was very solid for them. The Knights also had a big season for Matthew Johnson, who ended up being named the league's most sportsmanlike player. But he went from 30 to 45 points. Like That's a pretty good increase, and that's going to help you win key games. They also had strong performances from some rookies, Carson Devine, Brody Peterson, and Zach Branson. So there was, there was a lot of different areas that helped North Okanagan have a strong team and a really good turnaround. Abley, down low to Lario, out in front to Coughlin, shot! Oh, what a save! Lamont, shot! Saved by Joel Smith, and they score! Nick Morris! Golden Rockets uh, in the Eddie Mountain Division uh, in the 21-22 season finished at 345 hockey, 29 points. They improved to over 600 in the 22-23 season, 53 points, a record of 25-16-3. and The Golden Rockets were a fun team to watch. Yes, they were. And uh, and an interesting note about the Rockets is that they're also uh, the second oldest team in the league with an average age of 18.78. And perhaps that kind of helped them with the turnaround because like one of the players that obviously stands out is their captain, Jordan Lario, had a career season. He doubled his offensive output from 30 points last year to 61 this year. They also had some key moves like made by general manager Chuck White who acquired Levi Lamott and Nick Morin. Those two combined to produce 89 points for the Rockets. Uh, there was also the performances of rookies such as Hayden Barn, Evan Sedillis, who 
also played in the prospects game. Can't forget, obviously, goaltender Levi Hall, mm-hmm. uh, who had a really strong season for them. Their, their, their big problem is they met up with Kimberly again in the first round. Uh, they went five games. Uh, Kimberly just wasn't going to be denied this season. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's that was a, that was a, a tough matchup for them, but they probably obviously would have wanted a different result. But I mean, they gave a good fight. Yeah, is there is is there such a thing as an easy uh, easy one in the in the Yeti Mountain Division? I can't think of it because no, no matter who you face in no, that division, no. you got tough. Well, the Eagles didn't look good when it was 4-3 early in the third, Keith, but since they gave up the tying goal, they've been the better team. Joseph scores! Let's talk about uh, the Sycamus Eagles. I really think the uh, boys at the Eagles' nest did a great job of turning their season around. 21-22 season, 31 points on the season. They improved to 55 points, 26-15-3, and 6-25 hockey. I tell you, Sycamus looked really good this season. Yeah, I think they took another step under head coach and GM Nick Deshans because he joined the team last year about midway through the season, and the momentum has just kind of continued is from some good recruiting and trades that he made. Uh, I mean, one of the trades that he made that really helped the team was he acquired rookie Nicholas Hughes from the Columbia Valley Rockies. And another player was uh, Tyler Burke, acquired from North Okanagan Knights, and he had he produced thirty three points in thirty one games. Yeah, Sean Smith, uh, Schmidt, Alex Smith, boy, and, and then you look at the goaltending. They had great goaltending as well. Of course, uh, Cunningham, Damon Cunningham, moving on uh, to Junior A part way through the season. But you know, Sycamus really putting together a great season, and again, uh, really, really tough for, uh, for them uh, in that division. Uh, you know, I think by the time they got to the, the the finals in the division, that series against Kamloops just took everything out of them. Just kind of adding to that, you mentioned Damon Cunningham. Like, yeah, he had a great season. He formed a really good tandem with veteran Gage Reimer, who once Cunningham had moved on. I mean, Reimer was always good for them, but I mean, he really kind of stepped it up the rest of the season and had some strong, really strong performances for them. Well, don't forget, too, that he added offense, too. He had two assists on the season. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Williamson working this one back over. Spock's going to come back into the neutral zone. Here's Roy flipping this one off the boards. Colin Cozine working this one back. Now back over. Take it away. There's a puck. Back over. Shot scores! <laughs> Let's talk about um, the Princeton Posse, who uh, were the President's Cup winners, won the regular season, who gave us such an incredible league final against the uh, Kimberly Dynamiters. My goodness, that was one of the most exciting final series I've ever seen. Yeah, and what a way to like kind of cap off your 20-year anniversary in the league. I mean, with the exception of obviously winning the whole thing, I'm not sure if you can do do much better than what they did. And uh, so, yeah, kudos to the work that general manager Mark McDonald did with head coach Mark Reedman. All the teams in the league do do strong recruiting and make good player uh, acquisitions. But when I was looking at the roster, some of the rookies that stood out, there was Cassius Clare, Tyson Horiachka, Jonathan Ward. He was another selection to the KIJHL team for that BCHC prospects game. Um, but then also there was the key additions of Braden Bablitz, a rookie from junior A who mm. right away stepped in and produced offensively for the team. There was a big move that they made to acquire Dayton Nelson from the Fernie Ghost Riders, and he right away made a big impact offensively. In 19 games, 
he had 18 goals and 31 points, and then he had a really strong playoff. Yeah, and the back end was solid too. I mean, you know, of course yeah. we're going to talk about Traska, but uh, but also their defense was really solid, I thought, all season long. I remember talking to Mark Reedman, and he talked about how key uh, Curtis Gould was to the blue line, especially physically leading the team in hits. And then took a look at some of the rookies and like Joshua Roy, Penticton kid, according to uh, Instat, his, pl- his plus minus for the season was plus 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty good. And then the goaltending, I mean, that was solid for them all season where they had Ethan Rao, Nathan Glenn, and Payne Traska who took over after, especially after Rao moved on to the SJHL. So it was... Trask and Glenn, and they they continued on that strong goaltending, which was important for their success. You know what? How how blessed are you when you've got three goaltenders that are are, are first rate with Princeton? I got to say that they gave everything they had. Uh, in talking with head coach Mark Reedman after Game Four, uh, off the record, he's saying uh, our guys are banged up. Uh, we've given it everything they've got. The the boys have just been incredible, and and not just that, but it was an emotional roller coaster that that team went on with the loss of Morton Johnston, their assistant coach in a in a motor vehicle accident. Uh, it's such a devastating season on many levels. But uh, you know what? Uh, what a great uh, what a great job by the entire organization, and you know, and <laughs> and the entire community that came out and supported them. A line change, puck sent up and labeled, knocks the puck down into the Creston end from the neutral zone again. And the Bruins just get another one. Matthias Reese, his third of the night, he completes the hat trick. And finally, let's talk about. The Grand Forks Border Bruins. Now, there is a success story, if, if, if I've ever heard of one. Congratulations to that organization and, and great job to head coach and GM Dave Nadiak. After a first challenging season, it really did some great work to get them their first regular season division championship banner in, I believe it was 30 years. Wow. So, no, it was a great turnaround for them and obviously lots of good things that came out of the team for them. I mean, one of the things that stood out to me about Grand Forks that helped them have the strong turnaround was they acquired some key veterans from Kelowna. They got Ben Edwards on defense, and then there was Spencer Horning and Cody Label from Kelowna as well. And the two of them, they combined for 29 goals and 78 points. But then there was also the year-to-year improvement from Jonas Smith, who went from four goals to 29. Like, that's incredible. And then there was a strong rookie season by defenseman Russell Kosek. He led all their blue liners with 27 points in 44 games. Ethan Shabansky was strong in goal. And then they picked up Ewan Souter from Junior A late in the season, and he helped to make their uh, net mining tandem stronger. I think they just ran out of gas by the end of the season. But uh, you go from 21-22, five wins all season. Five wins yeah. all season to 25 the next year. And, uh, you know, a banner uh, playing over 600 hockey, a twenty record of 25, 16, and 3. You know, the Grand Forks Border Bruins, let's see what they bring. They did a lot of things, too. You you covered it during the regular season. But in the off season last year, they did a lot of things off ice to really improve the organization, you know, new uh, new exercise room, uh, work to the uh, to the locker room. Just they they put a lot of money into the stuff that you don't see on the ice, and I think that paid dividends for them. Oh yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'll add to it. Uh, I traveled to Grand Forks for the first round for that first game to bring them their 
division championship banner. And while I was there, Dave Nadia gave me a, a little tour of those areas. And I'm telling you, man, that dressing room is impressive. It's really nice. Mm. Uh, the weight facility is really good. And like the aquatic center that the players can use to go swimming. It's a 30 second walk. It's all close together. It's, it's a really impressive setup what they have there. That's got to be exciting for the players to use and have access to all the time to, to make themselves better and stronger. Okay, so the 22-23 season is in the books. This is our final episode of Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast for the season. I'm going to put you on the spot because I never told you I was going to ask you this. Uh, your highlight from the season. That's, that's a good question. Part of my highlights of the season are some of the turnarounds that these teams have made because I think that makes following the league more interesting but it was also really too kind of comes back to maybe even bigger it comes back to the different player performances what some guys did i mean keenan ingram from columbia valley comes to mind that player scored some incredible goals like he is very talented the other player that I really enjoyed watching was from Creston Valley Thundercats, Lou Chakrabarty. Oh, I mean, wow. what an incredible season he had. He ended up being the league's MVP, and he formed a formidable duo with Blake Anderson. I mean, those two played a big factor in, the, in them getting past Grand Forks in the first round. But it's just, yeah, it's really probably a lot of the different player performances, what they accomplished during the season that that made it fun. Uh, so, Mark, uh, tell me, what's your highlight of the season? Not even a hesitation here. That opportunity, and I want to thank Mark McNaughton, uh, Mark Reedman, and the entire Posse organization, and Dawson McFarland for giving me the opportunity to call my first KIJHL playoff game in Princeton against Kimberly in the finals. That was, that's certainly something I will not forget. Uh, I love that little building. People warn me, say, you know, uh, you know that building, right? I love it. I, I love the atmosphere in there. I love the fact that the wooden stands give a totally cool ambiance and sound in there. It was just, it was really an experience I won't forget. And uh, I, again, I, I really appreciate uh, everything that uh, the posse did to make my uh, my stay there comfortable. So yeah, that, that that would be it for me. Yeah, and you know what? I thought you called a great game. Like I really Thank enjoyed you. listening to uh, make the call on that game. I thought you were awesome. So uh, what are you going to be doing in the off season? There'll be some off season planning and then there's the uh, commitment stories to either junior A programs or college or university programs Mm -hmm. for players as people probably have already seen on the website that's going to be continuing uh probably until i guess i think it begins to slow down probably (laughs) around near august uh but then they'll be planning camps uh, for next season and just uh thinking about content and stuff like that so you're saying there's no downtime (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's what I love about this game. There's always something to do. Maybe, maybe in the off season it's not as intense, but I, I know I'm going to be I'm going to be doing hockey in the middle of August, the middle of July. I know because I there'll be camps, there'll be stuff to do. I'd like to thank you, Emmanuel. This has been a lot of fun doing Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, and and I know uh, you can you might have something to say about it, but I, I really want to thank the listener 
for tuning in uh, every week and giving us such positive feedback about what we're doing. It's been a labor of love for not just me, but for you as well. Yeah, no, and thank you for doing a lot of the heavy lifting on. I mean, you deserve a lot of the credit for how strong the podcast has been this season. And yes, and thank you to all the fans who have listened to it because we wouldn't have had the great numbers without them listening to it. And thank you to all the players and coaches and broadcasters who've contributed to it. I really enjoy talking to all the players that I did for it. It had some, some great interviews and some good laughs and it was just a lot of fun. And Mark, I really enjoyed putting this together with you and, and enjoyed the episodes in which we kind of had like, I guess I'll, I'll call it a short little round table bantering back and forth about stuff. Like this was really fun to do, and uh, I really look forward to next season, another another season of Top Shelf, and how we can make it even better. This will be it for us uh, this season, but uh, you you know that you and I will be talking this afternoon or or, or tomorrow about uh, what graphic we need for what story. So we're we're, we're certainly not done, but uh, for the podcast we are. So thanks a lot for doing this, Emmanuel Sequera, the director of communications for the KIJHL. <laughs> This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. At this point, I thank those that made the episode possible. But today, I'd like to thank the KIJHL officials who made my first season in the league so enjoyable. Jeff Dubois, the commissioner. Larry Martell, deputy commissioner. Kathy Merkel, director of finance and administration. Jason Rendy, director of officiating. Tim Kilbray, hockey operations coordinator. And Emmanuel Sequera, director of communications and my co-host. Top Shelf would also like to thank Hockey TV, which brings the players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in four months.